0: All right, today I am looking forward to talking for a few moments about your Christmas miracle. You know, yeah, thank you, Jason. I love you, my friend, my brother. The Christmas story is a miracle story. Uh, I, the, the fact that a, a virgin teenager would be supernaturally uh, impregnated so that the Son of God could come into the earth is a miraculous story. And, and Christmas is many things and there are many facets to understanding what Christmas can uh, say to us or do for us. But what I want to focus in on today is the idea that God loves to supernaturally intervene. Into the normal course of human history, uh, he globally he's done that through the through the Christmas story. Uh, for eternity, he has done that through the Christmas story. He's entered into the the story of human history, but. Really, to, to do, for God to enter into this world, uh, it often is uh, an individual miraculous intervention. In other words, God just doesn't move over uh, all things. Often he works through people. Often he works miraculously in people's lives. And I want us to always keep in mind um, that true Christianity always contains a supernatural dimension. Uh, what I never want to do is allow uh, my view or our view of the Christian life just to become good teaching, uh, good principles to live by. And, and the, the Christian, Christianity does offer that. And, or let Christianity just become good behavior. Like we've changed the way we behaved, and that's what becoming a Christian is all about. The Gospels are full of miracles. I mean, you, you take the miracles out of the Gospels, and you've taken a big chunk of the Gospels uh, away. The book of Acts is full of miracles. Um, all the New Testament books, teaching books, uh, point to and back up the miraculous And then when you read the Old Testament, surely the Old Testament is full of the miraculous. It's full of God's supernatural intervention into people's lives. And I'm just here to say, here we are uh, reaching the end of 2018. Here we are about ready to launch into a new year. And I'm, I'm believing for Christmas miracles for people. Uh, I'm I'm leaning into God's word for 2019 to be a year of miracles. Anybody with me on this? Come on, so, so, you know we you've done the best you can do. Now now you need God to you know so so I I believe God still heals people supernaturally. Uh, I believe God can open miraculously doors of opportunity that you could never open up yourself. I believe relationships can be healed by the intervention of God. I believe broken hearts can be restored. I believe dreams that have become dormant could be resurrected by a fresh breath of heaven. Come on. I'm believing God for financial miracles for people, for God to get involved in the financial harvest of people's lives. I'm believing for supernatural divine connections to be made. I'm believing for wisdom that comes from heaven to come into people's lives. Uh, Amen. God's favor can change your situation. God's blessing, God's deliverance, God's healing power can change your situation. And if that were not a possibility, we're not serving the God that we see in the Bible. And I... I want to rescue the miraculous, if you will, from the freak show. But just because some people have turned believing God for miracles into a freak show, into some kind of weirdness. In other words, the weirder you are, the more spiritual you are. I don't believe that, by the way. But what I never want to do is back off from God's incredible ability and God's incredible willingness to work miraculously in our lives. You know, I think about my, my, my roots uh, coming into walking with God and uh, the experience I had when all my, my high school teenage friends invited me to this Jesuit camp, and I had no expectation, I had no idea that God could touch someone in a miraculous way, and they don't even know how to pray right. Come on, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because you might be thinking, if I knew how to pray right, but they'd have had no idea how to pray right. They just said, Dude, you? could we pray for you? And I said, why not? And, they all gathered around and prayed for me, and uh, and and little did I know, and little did they know, that the power of God was going to fill the room, and we were all going to start just laughing and rejoicing. And the I mean, it was like literally like electricity filled the room. That was not my expectation. A Catholic boy that grew up going to mass a handful of times in my entire life. I did not expect something legitimate and powerful and real to happen. I just thought it was gonna be a nice little, Jesus, would you please touch my friend if it be your will? And then I remember when I first started going to church, uh, there was an old time uh, revivalist kind of guy that was a bit of a holdover from tent meetings of of the 50s and 60s, and he was a bit of an older man. His name is Richard Vineyard, and he, he preached messages and laid hands on the sick, and people got healed, and I got healed uh, by the power of God. So my roots are in the miraculous. I, it they were, wasn't my expectation of what Christianity was about, but I just want to keep us always aware that God, God can supernaturally heal people. Amen. Amen. God God can supernaturally provide for people. God can supernaturally open doors of opportunity, things that you could not do by your own charm and your own wits, that God can move in our behalf and, and he wants to move in our behalf. So what we're focusing on is this piece of the Christmas story with two sisters, Elizabeth and Mary, Elizabeth is the older sister, and apparently much older, uh, who had entered into her, her, her senior years, thank God I'm not there yet, but entered into her senior years, and uh, then there's a young sister, a teenager, uh, we understand, 16, 17 years old, Mary, who is going to become the mother of Jesus. Jesus. Elizabeth, up in years, but barren. Mary, uh, a virgin teenager. One, one is past her prime, at least she feels that way. And another is very, very young, wondering, am I going to enter into a prime? What does the future hold for me? Elizabeth, just wondering, are, are my best years behind me? Or right, Mary wondering, I hope I have some good years in front of me. And both of them experienced a supernatural conception. Uh, Elizabeth, who'd been barren for years, conceives. Mary, a, a virgin uh, teenager, conceives. Both of them received a, a touch from heaven. Both of, their, both of their stories were different, but both of them experienced this same thing. Supernaturally, God moved in their life. And just to review an idea or two before I dive into what I want to say today, is Luke chapter 1, verse 6 tells us this about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah was her husband. It says, Luke 1, 6, they were both righteous in the sight of God walking blamelessly and all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. I always think it's interesting. What I love about the Bible is it doesn't sugarcoat anything. (laughs) It just tells it straight up. And when you read about somebody who, they both were righteous, they both were walking blamelessly before the Lord, but unfairly no child and I just want to remind you that you don't don't play the fair unfair game because you got to remember that even when life treats you unfairly God still has the ability to step into that place of unfairness and work a miracle come on There's not a person in this room that would go, That's you know, we'd all go at some point, that's just not fair. (laughs) That's just not right. The bad news is life is unfair. But the good news is God is bigger and better than life's unfairness. And then the story continues at verse 8. And this is out of the message. I, I love this. Just this idea is so compelling to me. It so happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, working the shift that was assigned to his regiment, it came his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. I, I'm impressed with Zechariah because even though things felt unfair, He stayed at his post. He stayed in his place. And when you stay in your place, you are positioning yourself for a miracle. And I'm here to encourage you today, don't let life and all that life throws at you knock you out of your place. Stay at your post. Stay in your church. Keep worshiping God no matter what's going on around you. Keep loving your spouse no matter what. Keep serving. Keep tithing. Keep showing up. And so I want to dive into this part of the Christmas story uh, today and just talk about a a few ideas. Luke chapter 1. Verse 26, let me read a few verses today. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, obviously Mary was pretty clever Because she was very perplexed at this statement. How many of you know that when an angel shows up and says, don't worry, everything's going to be okay, (laughs) there's something behind that. She was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall name him Jesus. He will be great. Somebody say amen. Amen. And he will be called the son of the most high, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? Amen. I would love to drill this thought into your heart, into your brain, into your soul that nothing will be impossible with God. This this verse could literally be translated no. Word of God is without power. Every word of God is full of power. And God's word broke through the barrenness of Elizabeth's life. A situation she had endured for years and years and years. And I'm sure there was a piece of her thinking and a piece of her soul that just wondered, maybe this is just my lot in life. But the power of a word from God broke through many years of barrenness. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is living. The Greek word zoe. The word of God is full of the life of God and active. The, the Greek word energeo, which you would understand when you get the idea of energy. The word of God is full of the life of God and full of the energy of God. The Bible is not just a book of stories. The Bible is not just a book with rules and regulations. The Bible is not just a bunch of good ideas to live your life by. The there is power in the Word of God. I'm, I'm talking about how to get to your Christmas miracle. There is a life in the Word of God. There is energy in the Word of God. Isaiah 55, says, So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. The word of God contains the power of God to accomplish the will of God. Somebody read it with me. The word of God contains the power of God To accomplish the will of God. I love this verse, Isaiah 55. It says, the word will accomplish. It's not me reading the Bible and trying to get it done myself. It's the word that will accomplish what he desires. The Bible says it is the word that will succeed in the matter for which it was sent. And here is Zechariah going through his faithful duties and who knew this Sunday what God would say to him? How many how many Sundays Had he come to church and just been faithful and just went ahead and came to pre-service prayer and went ahead and worshiped God and went ahead and paid tithe and went ahead and served and just went ahead and did it. One Sunday, the next Sunday, the next Sunday, one year, two years, three years, five years. But one Sunday... He was in his right place, and God spoke a word to Zacharias about his barren wife. Oh, husbands, men, would that we would stand at the doorpost of our homes and get a word from God that brings life into our wife, into our kids, into our family. Come on. God, had, the Holy Spirit spoke this word to him, and that word contained the power to break her barrenness and to cause her to conceive. A word from God can change your life. It has power. It has life. It has energy in it. It can change things. In this story, it changed barrenness. But that Word can heal sickness. That Word could lift us out of despair. That Word could cause us to be fruitful, and I'm just saying to us today, maybe I'm just reminding a few of us, you need a promise that the Holy Spirit would speak to you from the Word of God to attach your faith to, because there's power in that Word. Uh, a living Word. From God's written word. Read your Bible expecting to hear something. And when God, when God promises peace, it's not just an idea. It's, it's the power of peace. When, when God promises power or joy or love or when God promises favor to our lives, there is the power of God. Behind the word of God to accomplish the will of God. There's an inherent power within the word to fulfill the promise of the word. I want to change your angle on how you read your Bible. (laughs) Because I don't want you just to clock in devotions. I want you to be listening for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Here's what I know about when we read the Bible we think we're reading the Bible, but it's reading us. That that is an alive, powerful, active, energy filled, unlike any other book. So verse Luke 1, verse 36, I love this idea. It says, Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son. And this is the angel talking to Mary. Even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. She was called barren, but she's now not. She was called this, but now she's called that. She was something before, but she's something new now. there there was was <laughs> but there is now what i was is not who i is excuse my english now I was called sinner, but now I'm called righteous. The only thing that changed is what I was called. But the calling of that, in other words, it wasn't my behavior that put me in the righteous position. It was because of what God called me. I was sick, but now called healed. I I, I was broken, but now called whole. I, I was defeated. And lived a defeated life. But now, I'm called victorious. What what was (laughs) and what is now. It's because of what the power of the word of God calls us the power of God behind his word, you get called something different. And I just want to put this out for us. What you were is not what you have to continue to be. I, I'm going to say it again. What you were is not what you have to continue to be. You can change. Come on, your situation can change. Your economy can change. Your future can change. My identity is framed by the Word of God. My assessment of life is framed by the Word of God. My expectation in life is not framed by what I used to be. Even what I used to be in 2018. But I could be Have my expectation of life framed by the word of God in 2019. Don't ever let anyone name you other than God. I I know a lot of us are going to, we're going to go visit family for the holiday and your mama's going to, treat you like you're still 10. And you just got to remember in your own soul, honor, honor your mom and love her, but just remember in your own soul, that's what I was, but that's not what I is now. Come on. Don't let, it, don't let any circumstance name you other than the Word of God. And... Whatever you do, don't you name yourself in any way other than what God names you. Whatever name anybody calls you that doesn't line up with what God calls you, that's a lie. And some of us possibly are lying to ourselves. So call it the way God calls it. Name it the way God names it. I call myself righteous because God has called it that way. I, I call myself blessed because God has called it that way. I don't deserve it, but that's what he's called me. I call myself surrounded by favor because that's what God has called me. And I'm, I'm saying, let the power of favor change your life. I'm gonna say that again because I wanted a better amen out of that. Let the power of favor change your life. You know you don't deserve it. Let the power of the blessing of God change your life power of healing can break the power of brokenness. Let God name you. Let God identify you. Let God give you your identity. James chapter 1 tells us this. Prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. And once he's looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So when I look in the mirror, the Word of God. I see in the mirror who I am in Christ. So I look in the mirror and I see I'm righteous. I look in the mirror and I see I'm blessed. I look in the mirror and I say, see, I'm an overcomer. When I look in the mirror, I see healed. I look in the mirror, I see you lucky dog. You got favor all over your life. Don't get religious. I know luck isn't the deal. I look in the mirror, and I see I'm flourishing because of who I am in Christ. Don't forget what you look like when you looked in God's mirror. I want to pray with you today. Would you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes? I believe there will be a place in your life where you say, God, I I need your supernatural intervention in my world. And I want you to locate that right now. And I want you to see it not as it might be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than God. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room. Every one of us needs a touch from heaven. It might be our health. It might be our marriage. It might be Our finances it might be for doors of opportunity it might be for healing of relationships it might be for a broken heart to be healed but I'm praying right now that you are gonna speak a word and you are gonna move with grace and life and power in every life as we bring this year to a close and enter into a new year, our expectation, God, is that you will be God in our lives. With your heads bowed still, your eyes closed, just for a moment to pray, could be that you are here today and you've never actually surrendered to Jesus Christ. I'd love to pray with you today. Maybe you're here today and you used to be so close to the lord but you know you're not today you're not where you used to be you're not where you could be where you know you should be and i'm going to encourage you to come home and return and open your heart to the love of god maybe you're here today and you feel unsure about where you stand in your relationship with the lord but nobody's looking around but if you say pastor would you pray with me Just lift your hand real high and say, I need to surrender to Christ. I need to come back. I want to know for sure I'm right with God. Just lift your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? God bless you. Come on, anybody else? Just lift your hand. Lift it up high. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, no shame in this. It's just an honest moment to say, God, I need you. I want you. I want to open my heart to you. I want to open my life to you. Anybody else? Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. This is for everybody who lifted their hand, but I'd love for us all to pray this together out loud. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.